Well, here we are back in the Taylor Park. Howdy. Mm-hmm. Episode number 18. We are uh, first episode of the new year. No, 17 no. was in the new year. So uh, second episode of the new year. And we're getting awfully close to a one-year anniversary of Taylor Trash fly fishing. Oh. I want to say it was like uh, February 11th, something like that. So 10 days shy of, or not 10, nine days, because it's the second, right? Groundhog Day. Here we are. It's like this recurring dream. You're right. We just over keep doing this again. podcast Here we over are. and over. All hail Groundhog Supreme. Wait a second. Mm-hmm. That's a new voice. Mm-hmm. Who is it? We have a special guest tonight. <laughs> We're getting skiffy with it. All the way from South Carolina. You know, there's more South Carolinians on this show. Lately. It's, Last two. It's a trend. Yeah. It's the 2019 trend right. of... Taylor Trash Fly Fishing with we're, we're called South Carolinians. I think you guys call it snowbirds. Snowbirds, yeah. yeah. It is warm down here. Yeah? yeah it it is. A little warmer than uh, what you've been used to for the last few months? It's a big change. Yeah? I, I did notice you're the only one wearing shorts today. I didn't wear shorts. I donned my summer Florida outfit, which uh, is long pants, flip-flops, flip-flops. and a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. And a trucker hat, because it's still warm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's probably in the 60s. Yeah, I think it topped yeah. out in the 60s, almost probably the 70s today. Yeah. Wasn't I bad. Did, I did have shorts on outside this morning. I did. I had to revel in it for a little bit. <laughs> I was like, you know what? 60 degrees. I'm going to put some shorts on. Mm-hmm. We're going to go outside for a little bit mm-hmm. and test it out. No jacket. It's like, a, it's like a preview. Yeah, it is. Of what's to come. Summer. Right around the corner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right around the corner. Yeah. And, you know, we, we actually got out and... Uh, Went up D Land Way, met up with uh, Mr. Wilds and uh, Bree. Had a little lunch out at the airport. Unfortunately, it was a little overcast, a little windy, so we didn't get to watch the uh, skydivers. You're going skydiving today. (laughs) (laughs) So we saw the guy, Carl. We did. Saw him today. (laughs) We just couldn't rope him in. Yeah. Oh, man. Little, a little like a, a cell phone video. Yeah. Been really oh, it would have been really yeah, good. Yeah, we tried, and yeah. then he walked away. Yeah. He was not going skydiving today <laughs> yeah. because of the weather. <laughs> he was, like, do- bummed. So what are we yeah. doing today? Yeah. So he was, like, really low today. Yeah, he was, he was, like, hey, he, he was pretty uh, subdued. Yeah. I'm not so excited today. We are not going <laughs> skydiving because it's just too, too windy. So uh, on the way back from D-Land, we kind of circled out and about and came through Daytona, and it's getting that vibe in Daytona that Speed Weeks yep. have started because mm. uh, I guess 24. the twenty four was last weekend, yep. and uh, I guess that must mean that uh, what another week, we can, yep. two weeks uh, Daytona yep. five hundred. Y'all have a Speed Week? Oh, we have Speed Weeks. 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 I feel like when I get on I four, it's just speed. Period. Uh, speed day. Whatever day it is. Speed Wednesday, <laughs> see, speed Thursday, uh, speed Friday. Well, that's interesting that you, you feel that way because living here, I feel like it's the least speedy road I ever get to travel on because it's always crash, crash, right. broken down car. Like, yeah, you're going to be be sitting here for that, an hour and a half. In between yeah. that, they're going 95 miles an hour. You wonder why they break down. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. How'd you get in that wreck? Yeah. Well, you know, I was driving 100 and passing yeah. people like yeah. I was on the Autobahn. So, yeah, I wrecked. Yeah. There's yeah. one section in Orlando. The only section you wouldn't want to go fast on, it always hauls ass. 
There's like construction. It's up, oh, down, yeah. left, right, left, right, <laughs> left, oh, right. Yeah. Well, it's because just... it's like it's a race course. Okay, so the, so <laughs> the, the, the I four has been going through this massive transformation over the last two to three years, Decades. and it's still well, yeah, for sure. But like <laughs> the the most recent iteration of that is what the the Florida Department of Transportation fondly refers to as the I four ultimate. ultimate. <laughs> Ultimate. It's the ultimate yeah. project. It's like billions and billions and billions of dollars. And it's so horrible that everybody is so fucking over being stuck that in between being stuck, they're going 90 and 100 miles an hour, just like your observation. And that's where all the fucking mayhem is coming from. So let's just say they get past the ultimate and they have the next project. What are well, they going to call it? Yeah. They've, they've, yeah, they're so far. I mean, past, the ultimate like, is the best. Yeah. yeah. Did they reach the top at the mm-hmm. ultimate? So, mm-hmm. what do you even call it? They might have to rename the road I 5. What? <laughs> I 4. It'll 5. be like y'all's podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I 4. 2.0. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> they're like naming episodes. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we actually uh, have been keeping with whole numbers in, in the past three or four episodes. Uh, I can't remember. Is this doing legitimately? Fractional. 18? No, no, legitimately no. it should be like 22, 23, something like that. Makes so, sense. Like yeah. coming up on a year, we probably almost two, almost every two weeks. You know, it's interesting. Yeah. There, I was doing a little scratching around trying to figure out, you know, are we growing as far as listenership? You know, what if we do a Google search for best fly fishing podcast, where do we shake out? And one of the aggregators of podcast in general has different subtopics. And we ranked, I think, seventh. Um, and it was Worldwide. interesting. And it was, well, it was interesting because <laughs> two or three that were above us aren't recording any longer. But the interesting thing to me was whoever was putting this all together – they're still going off the fact that people are still going and listening to these these yeah, yeah. podcasts that have been around for a few years. But they also note the frequency. So they actually do research. And their assessment of our podcast was, on average, two a month. Average length is X, da-da-da-da-da. So, yeah, about two a month. It's like Damn. Instagram insights for podcasts. Right. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Host insights for mm-hmm. podcasts. Yes, yes. You've touched this many people today. Right. I wonder if we could see just like we need to do like a study group, right? Just put a bunch focus of people group. in a focus, focus group. Focus yeah, group. Yeah. yeah, put a bunch of people in a room. You're behind the glass wall that they yeah. can't see you, and they're watch. listening to it. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, God damn it! I thought they'd be laughing at that. Yeah. Part. We were laughing. Yeah. Deadpan. They're they're, <laughs> they're kind of looking <laughs> disgusted. Yeah. What's up? With they look that? really bored in there. Yeah. But there's that one guy in there that might be our listener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that guy. Well, you know, it, it's funny. The like, guy that has like pocket beers. Yeah. Last. Last week, I was trying to pump up. You know, like, hey, really need you guys to help us out. You know, go on iTunes and rate us, review us, and really the reviews. I could give a shit less what our ratings and, and stuff are, but the reviews are fucking awesome. Yeah. Because the creativity that we see in some of them, and the very first one after I was like, hey, can you guys, like, you know, hook a brother up and go do this? He's like, I'm only rating this because they asked me to. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. 
So, That's so like there's, when you're a kid and someone asks you to do something, you do something bad, and your mom's like, "Would you go jump off a bridge if Alex did it?" And you're like, "Yeah, well, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably. He's my best friend. Alex yeah. is pretty yeah. fucking yeah. rad. Yeah, he's yeah. my best friend. Of course I would. Yeah. Duh. Stupid example, mom. Yeah. I, I heard of an app this week that uh, will rate ratings, like if they're real. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, wow. it can tell if they're real or not. So, I mean, I feel like we're probably a hundred percent actual. Listeners, because like a lot of Amazon stuff, like sixty-five thousand people have tried this product. And yeah, they bullshit. All love it. Every yeah. one of them, five stars. They're all like fake. Okay, so on iTunes, not not, yeah, on iTunes, we have a hundred and let's call it like a hundred and thirteen, hundred and fourteen ratings, and that's where when somebody selects how many stars we're mm-hmm. worth. Our overall average rating is still a five-star podcast, which is just, oh, my gosh, can you believe it? We're Mm -hmm. five-star boys. Mm -hmm. But there are two one-star reviews. And you look at that and you go, I know who did that. Is it one of us? It could be. (laughs) Sounds like a joke. Sandbagging. (laughs) Yeah. Sandbagging the ratings. Yeah. It's like, God. Two people, one starred us, and they've st- they've got to be just so disappointed and disillusioned with it because even though they were able to put their one star vote in, we're still at five stars. We're not even like at right. four point eight, four point nine. So I feel like it's like the people who watch The Office the first time and they mm-hmm. don't they just watch it once. Uh-huh. Like, I don't really get this. It's not funny, but you don't know the characters, right? You've right. Got, yeah, you don't understand right. the dynamic, so it's not funny. Well, the the best advice for anybody that happens to listen to this podcast, if you're on episode 18 and you're hearing us for the first time, you've done fucked up. Okay, <laughs> right. go ahead and right. press pause. Right. Go back and start at episode zero. Pump the brakes for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and go back and just, you'll trust me, you'll catch up with us because we're not doing this on the weekly. You'll catch up, but it'll be so much more interesting and so much more funny, at least it's funny to us because we know all the jokes. Yeah. But if you know the jokes, it's probably going to work better for you. I thought about that for a while. Is like, what if we did either? I was thinking about sitting in front of a camera. We could do the same thing just in between our shows. Do like a who's Larry? Who's Carl? Who's Mark? Who's, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And it, like just have the same set of questions. Right. You know, and, we, and so people can like meet the. Yeah, get to know us. Yeah. Yeah, get us. Get to know Larry. And well, it's like, you know, a 10 minute thing. Well, you and I actually talked similar to that. And I think it's something we're definitely going to do, at least on stories on Instagram. It's going to be two truth, one lie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and it's going to be like, hey, I'm Mark. You've seen me on the podcast. Right. And you're going to give three things about your life. Two of them are true. One of them's a lie. Them. And then let everybody start guessing because should be funny. That's a good idea. That's a really great idea. I don't know who came up with it. I, I don't know who came up with it either. Maybe my wife. <laughs> Credit where credit's due. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spin the bottle afterwards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Little. <laughs> so, um, you know, the last the last time we did a podcast, the talented and magnificent Paul Puckett was here. Oh, yeah. His uh, 
sidekick and shipping clerk. Lawson was with him. <laughs> and we covered a lot of stuff, talked a lot about social media and a handful of other things. And it kind of like sidetracked where we would normally go and talk about different things. So I think this is like more of getting back to how we would normally run things and talk about what's going on. So I'm going to start out and talk about, because I'm sure I breezed over it. I actually got back from a trip out to Colorado in the land of huge, huge fly fishermen. Uh, Ben was an awesome host while we were out there. Um, Don't know if I mentioned it in the last show, but if I did, it warrants mentioning again. Treated us like family to the point that we went and actually ate dinner Christmas dinner at his folks' place. And I, I'm pretty sure I didn't talk about this, but this was really cool to me. So Ben's mom, when we get there, super awesome, has this massive spread that she's got cooked, and, and we're just hanging out, having a couple of beverages, getting to know each other. And she comes out with this binder that is full of, of stickers and i'm like holy shit this is where ben gets it from (laughs) and literally she works for like the chamber of commerce and wilds you've been out to winter park you're familiar with mary jane yep the side of the mountain and so there's like at the ski resort there's tons of different runs and different areas and they all have their own identity and it's a big place to get stickers she has stickers going back years and she's like help yourself so of course i'm a sticker nerd and a half so i've got like this massive stack of stickers that i brought back that are like old mary jane stickers and it was interesting because when she pulls it out and was like showing us the stickers is like here help yourself i've got all these you know one of the stickers that is actually right here on the computer stand, also known as the stripping basket, is, see right there, the um, Band-Aid that says Mary Jane on it. (laughs) Well, Ben sent me that years ago or brought it on one of his trips, and I thought it was cool, but I had no idea what it meant. What it meant. I mean, I took it to be like... Mary Jane. It's Mm -hmm. Mary Jane. You're broken. You need, like, you know, obviously a a sticker uh, or a... You know, Band-Aid. Band-Aid, because you're broken. And then when I get out there, I find out Mary Jane's just a part of the mountain, but, you know, no pain, no Jane, all these different. So I actually added a Mary Jane sticker to the gas pump at the meth lab. Nice. So that's Sweet that's solid. on there now. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, that was just kind of the interesting thing, I thought. Where did Ben's love for stickers come probably genetic mm-hmm. i think I'm, i need to start a binder so carl what kind of binder would that be stickers stickers like, like scrap it booking yeah um, for dudes i actually have like a shoe box, a shoe box. that i that i keep putting them in the shoe box was the thing as kids you yeah, go yeah. To the skate shop yeah you get every sticker you could get your hands on and you put it in the shoe box the binder would be pretty rad so you could like flip through yeah. and just like and you know what it reminds me of? Pokemon cards. Oh. <laughs> Everybody had their... Oh, I don't know that I'd go that far, because it's not associated with a game. I was watching... But everyone just had their binders, and they carried it around and showed it to everyone. What, mm-hmm. what is, uh, what's the show with... Um, 
out in Vegas, Pawn Stars. Um, Rick is like yeah. the uh, bald yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pawn yeah. Star. Yeah, Pawn Star. Yeah. yeah. So somebody came in on an episode that I saw recently with a bunch of old school, like Pal Peralta, Bones Brigade, like stickers that were like from back in like 87, 88. And everybody was like, ooh, ah, those are really cool. And then they're like, but what the fuck do you think we're going to do with them? <laughs> <laughs> we're not in the business of selling stickers. So it was kind of funny. It'd be a way to keep them in. I feel like if you leave them in the shoebox, they get kind of faded. Yeah, or they get sticker power. Yeah, I agree. Man. You know, almost like, but see, that's the problem is like, there's no standard size. So like I was thinking, you know, maybe uh, like a baseball card binder or whatever, but shit, half my stickers, like, you know, do you double haul, bro? Like, oh, yeah, you know, that's way too big. So no, there's got to be a happy medium somewhere. But, man, you know, just in the past couple of months where we've been asking, you know, if anybody wants to trade stickers oh, for yeah. like the yeah. Tinkara stickers and whatnot, there's been some pretty rad stickers come through here. And I guess we just had new stickers come out or reissues mm-hmm. and the uh, the new the new new that new Gucci yeah. podcast sticker. <laughs> mm-hmm. So so Larry actually gave me a bunch of stickers when he stopped by the shop one time, and I I, I took a picture of something in the shop and I had it on my Instagram story, and somebody messaged me. Let me see if I can find it and see what they said about. They said, I need that hippie sticker times two like I need air. <laughs> wow. That's true. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Henry Bolden. Well, Henry, get a hold of us. We know where you can get some of those. Holler. So back to the Colorado trip. So I, I really thought it was rad. It like, was a big common thread that, you know, here's Ben's mom. She knows what the value of stickers are. She knows that, that you know, we're going to geek out over them. She loaded me down with a bunch of really cool old school stickers. Um, also, while I was out there, ran into Leif, uh, who is a guy that listens to the podcast that actually works at the ski resort. And he came and met Ben and I and Shannon at the uh, Thursday, 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 Thursday Thrasher Throwdown. Thunder Thrasher Throwdown um, at Sea Lot. And uh, before he left, he said, Hey, I know Carl has been getting flies, so I've got some flies, and you know, you guys can just divvy them up. So he gave me flies, and I've been holding on to this. It's been in my, in my backpack, and I have to be honest with you, I was terrified to bring them home. It's like a dispensary yeah, bottle. Yeah, he, he gave them to me in say. a dispensary <laughs> bottle. Yeah. So I was like, the whole time I was like, <laughs> Labels and all. I'm going to put mm-hmm. this in my fucking backpack as a carry-on. <laughs> and they're going to like yank me out of the line at security and be like, um, why is the dog trying to lick your balls? Mm-hmm. Well, because I have this thing in the back in my backpack, but they're going to be like, you're in trouble. And I'm going to be like, ha <laughs> I'm not, not in trouble. It it's is. not what you think it is. All right, let's see here. Now, this is really Have you not opened it? Evil. No, I've not. I mean, he showed me what that okay. they were flies. He showed you the yeah, contents. yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> Before you flew with it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. <laughs> no, the aromatic. Smell those flies. <laughs> Tell me that a redfish would not just get jiggy with it on those. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Clean. Clean living. <laughs> oh, that's some super sour alien. <laughs> 
There you go. It's Super Sour Alien. Um, bon- bonfire Cannabis? Yeah, for Bonfire. <laughs> wow. I've never seen these before. Carl, you've never seen that before? No, oh no. Well, I had never seen cannabis, you know, from the dispensary either. And and then when he handed it to me, I saw what you saw, <laughs> which was the rating of like yeah. what the percentage was. And, and I was like, I opened it just long enough to get the full frontal odor that came out. And I was like, all right, I want to take these flies home, but I'm really worried about putting this in my yeah. bag. But I said, fuck it and did it. So... Let's go ahead and dig some of these out and see what they're looking like. There's like like a date and time. Dump them out. I feel like there's more than there looks like in there. Oh, there's a munch in here. Whoop, shit. There goes a seed. There goes a seed, (laughs) bead, something. That's a nice little shrimp fly right there. So This is not bad for a... Mountain man. Yeah, mountain man. Trout trout weenie. That one's stems and seeds. (laughs) (laughs) Not really. So... Look at this streamer. Oh, this oh, is a little deer. They're a little Ooh, deer articulated. Hair. articulated. Whoa. Double the hook, double the chance. Throwing that meat. Whew. So, hold, yeah, on. Dude. hold on. You got a little surprise. Leif's got there. some yeah. serious tying skills. Oh, look at that little sucker. Oh, that's like a size 28. Oh, look at this. Little rainbow warrior. I think you need to throw that at redfish. Look at that. Yeah. It's oh, like a sculpin or something. I don't know. Oh, look. Another one? Hey, if you missed the first hook set. <laughs> oh, Carl. <laughs> Carl, here you go, buddy. What's that? You need to take Ooh. this to the pond over by the shop. Look at this oh. frog. Dude, check that out with, like, the stinger hook hanging off the back. This thing's insane. That's awesome. <laughs> you got your Man. dictopus box here? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's proudly on display. Oh, no way. Look at this. If you don't fish one of these squirmy wormies for bass in the pond. Those are a little panfish joints, man. Well, yeah, but trust me. You're going to catch like a nine-pound bass on something as crazy as this. These, I don't even. Oh, Dude, look at these little ones mixed in. I know. There's I told you. Little, look, right there. They're I like little in. presents yeah. mixed yeah. in. Oh, whoa. I didn't see those. Yeah, somebody will step on it. Look. That looks like a it wouldn't 28. Hurt. A red <laughs> larva fly. Wouldn't even go past a callus. <laughs> <laughs> or as the Japanese would call it, a lead rava. They're probably barbless. You'd know it if you put it in your eyeball and couldn't get it out that it was not. <laughs> tell you one thing. You oh, look at these. Yeah. <laughs> it just gets you. Yeah. Look at that. That's double rig too, man. It's like a stinger. Shit. A lot of hooks in these. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's crazy town. Oh, there's a teeny tiny little. 15 flies, 35 something. hooks. Something. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. I got, you know, now that we saw some of the stuff that was flying off, Just I'm like. flying out of there. Yeah. Um, what's in our carpet now? <laughs> yeah. Probably not good. All right. There's a whole bunch of more small, small stuff in there that I'm not going to pour <laughs> out right now. But uh, Leif, man, awesome. Thank you for all the yeah. rad flies. Pretty cool. And very aromatic. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see how those work in the lagoon and around some of the ponds here. Should be good. So, Carl, uh, I guess we're to the point, you know, now that I've gone down memory lane mm-hmm. from my trip from back in December, it's time for you notes. to talk about show notes. What do you got for us this week? Uh, I've got notes. I got the notes. I was just looking at them. I already forgot what they were. Hold on. <laughs> Hold tight, guys. I mean, one of the, one of the topics that we've been asking people about 
and we probably should look at on our Instagram, we were asking about like the whole decision-making process on hiring a guide. Right. Because yeah. I mean, th- there's yeah. a lot to be said about who you pick, why you pick them. Yeah. But, but we'll, we'll get back to that. I want to hear yeah. what your, your show notes are. I, just, I don't want to lose sight of, we did ask everybody to kind of give us some insight. And I think some of the comments are pretty funny and spark some good conversation. Absolutely. Well, one of them's kind of intake, intake of information and, and, uh, advertising and, you know, whatever that we see, social media, right. Magazines, whatever. Um, and the fact that if you kind of take in too much, you usually find a good amount that sucks, that pisses you off. Okay. Or they're kind of, it's kind of like uh, big media juggernauts that come out with cool films or whatever, but at the end of the day, you're just kind of being sold to over and over and over and over. Again. Yeah. So I wanted to just kind of kick it out there. Some of the push lately, again, some Netflix series, whatever, uh, Marie Kondo's cleaning up, minimalizing, oh, yeah. whatever. They uh-huh. talk about a curated lifestyle. Okay. So how do you curate what you take in from the sport to where you can like enjoy yourself? How do you do it? What do you do? Like, who do you get rid of? Oh, okay. Do so you get rid of like, I mean, a lot of the companies, Wilds probably does the same thing I do. A lot of like parts. Okay. Gym, motors, this, that, the other, just to see what's coming out. Right. But when it gets to like, you know, your fifth cooler company. You're like, I can't just look at basically advertisements, staged advertisements all day. You know, how many like sunglasses companies are you going to So, okay, so I'm not intimately familiar, but I've been exposed to the show you're talking about, Mm -hmm. and it's the Japanese lady. Mm -hmm. And it's like, she's, she's doing like... But, uh, well, minimalizing it, minimalist lifestyle. Yeah, but stuff. one of the things, uh, and and this is you know Shannon has I believe read her book or or whatever long before she had the the show that she has now, and basically kind of the premise is this PBR when I pick it up does it bring me joy? Mm-hmm. Well, it does right now because it's cold. Mm-hmm. There's still some in it. There's still some in it, but if it were empty. It would not bring me joy, and I should get rid of it, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So you're talking about a curated lifestyle. You know, In other words, you're curating you're items a- into your own museum or your own life that bring you joy. Right. Or if they don't bring you joy, you purge. Right. So I'm talking, but mm, I mean, I mean, I think we've me, talked about it yeah. somewhat on, on, on shows past. You know, on social media, it's gotten to the point to me where if I don't feel it's genuine, I cut it out. Right. It's like, eh, yeah. not going to, not worth, you know, I, I'm beyond like swiping past it anymore. I just want it gone. Right. Because at some point they're I like, genuinely don't like it anymore. Yeah. Oh, look what this guy's doing. Look what this guy's doing. Look at this company came out with oh, the new outboards out this year. That's fine. But at some point it's like, look at the same thing over. You really, really need this, man. Right. You know, like it's the same, you know, whatever consumer product, same real, same, you know, whatever it may be. Oh man, you really look at how cool this is. Look at the chicks around this <laughs> pair of sunglasses. Man. Yeah, but you know what? Yeah. I, I think that we might not be the ideal 
people that can pass judgment on whether it's good or bad for the sport. And I only say, or or the activity, the lifestyle, whatever, because I think we're now what three fly fishing shows into the season. There was Denver and then there was one in New Jersey. Now there's one in Atlanta this weekend. I would rather take an Angus bullcock to the ass <laughs> than to go to that show. And that, that was more than I was expecting. <laughs> Thought out. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, there's tons of people that want to go to those shows because they want to see, quote, the cool new shit. Latest and greatest. Right. You know, it's funny. When I was in Tennessee a couple weeks, three weeks ago, um, and I went and saw the guys at Trophy Water Guides. I was talking to those guys, or I was talking to the one guy, Chris, that was working the shop that day. He's one of their guides. It was his off day, and it was his day to cover the shop. And we were just talking about, like, you know, how a fly shop should be, like, the place where the local anglers that are fly fishermen want to stop by just to hang out, see what's going on buy their stuff if they need it or whatever, but it's kind of like the home away from home Mm kind of, you know, it's, it's the hangout. And he was relating a story about one of the fly rod manufacturing reps had been in and was like, dude, you really need to get this. You really need to order that. You need to do the other. And he's like, yeah, but, and he was like, no, man, you're going to have people coming in here wanting to want to see the latest, newest, best thing. And he was like, I don't think I've ever, he goes, until last week, I had some kid come in here with his flat brim hat, his daddy's <laughs> credit card, and he came busting through the door like it was an Old West saloon. Boom. Hey, man, what kind of cool new shit you got? And I was like, that's the exact fucking opposite mm-hmm. of what I get out of fishing. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, At I the like, same time, I, I know that there's a ton of fucking people that live for going to these shows. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. You know, maybe I'm just a curmudgeon, uh, you know. Well, my thing about the shows are especially today. I mean, if, if you might see it in Atlanta this weekend, right. you're going to see it somewhere else in, in three days, right. four days, right. somewhere. You're going to see it on the internet. Right. Well, yeah, Miami Boat Show. I mean, how many right. vendors are there? And you see the whole entire boat show on the next four days of... Facebook or Instagram or right, you know whatever right. Twitter they the whole thing you don't have to drive down there get on the buses deal with the crowds salesmen all over you you can see every new cool thing that you would ever see there I love my wife I've loved her for a long long time decades Same. decades Same. but I still <laughs> fucking Fair. loathe the idea of going shopping with her oh yeah and to me going to the fly fishing shows is being drugged to the fucking mall to look at a bunch of shit I have no intention of buying. Because if I wanted it, I would have already looked into it and fucking purchased it. Right. Like, I'm not, I don't need to go to the mall and walk through and see if there's something that I want. If I want something, I got it. Right. Or I'm getting it. Or I'm not getting it because I don't want it. I like, I do, you know, it's kind of weird. Part of, part of my kind of feeds and intake out there that I actually enjoy much more than you might think are like the city or like local stuff. Cause there's, they put stuff up. Okay. We got 
this going on this weekend. It's that going on this weekend. Well, it's weekend. relatable. It's something yeah. you might actually do. The, the park's back open again. We re- rebuilt the dock. And it's like, oh, man, actual happenings. Not like, oh, this is so cool. Get it? That's it. You know, like no right. no substance. It's always something happening this particular When's the last time you've seen something on Facebook, Instagram, that's not the coolest fucking thing you've ever seen? Because that's the way it gets pitched to you. you yeah. Know, it's, it's the clickbait. It's yeah, the, yeah. woohoo, look at this. This is the coolest. Almost most, shock value. Almost the, the ultimate. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ultimate. The ultimate. Ultimate. The ultimate. I-4 yes. ultimate. This is the ultimate, yeah. is the ultimate item. Right. You yeah. need this. Yeah. And there's something about it that is starting to kind of tur- well starting to um, has been turning me off where it's like ah oh, I've got to get rid of you know I don't know company A company B company C person A person B where it's like I can't that doesn't make me want to fish it doesn't make me excited to see so, but the downside of it is I mean they do it for a reason oh yeah yeah because people are, it's working oh yeah so, and so yeah. there's people out there that are that have to have the latest and greatest and that's fine but yeah it just well so. Uh, it's a downer. Right, I'm yeah. going to put you on the spot here. So you obviously have Drake Boat Works. You're in the business of building and selling skiffs. So when you're looking at social media, what are you? What you know? What's your message? I mean, you, you want people to know that you're out there, but to what degree are you engaging? You know what? What's the thought process, or is it like, well, I'll post here and there when I can, but other other than that, I'm busy building boats. Oh, yeah, well, I don't think Wild beats it to death. Oh, I don't either. Yeah, I, I don't either. No. I'm not saying yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, what is as as the boat builder? What's his thought process? Because yeah. there's okay. So, well, there's. The, a, I think there's a way to gain followers and engage and getting people to see your stuff, which is posting a lot. I mean, right. you can post yeah, a yeah. lot and you can watch the insights and see people, see it go up and up and up. And this is how many people you touch, but then you, it seems to me like people aren't liking it. People don't care. And I mean, I, I, when I'm looking at Instagram, I don't want to see 50 posts from somebody in a day well, okay, yeah, so, yeah. Or, so, two, or 10 a week. Yeah. So here, here's the interesting thing. I've got two boats. We've got, yeah, <laughs> yeah you got two models yeah. with, with different options, right? Yeah. So here's, here's funny, like on the podcast Instagram account, there's several of us that have access to it. So at any given moment, I could be checking it. Carl could be looking at it. Andrew could be looking at it. You know, any variable of different people could be looking at it. And when whomever is on that particular account, we all add and sometimes delete who we follow. And sometimes I see stuff and I'm like, fucking that's Carl that followed that. (laughs) And one of the one, and it's like mostly I'm like, cause Carl, you know, has his business doing the restorations and the repairs and stuff. So a lot of the skiffier stuff is Carl. And there's one builder in particular that I so fucking am bored of because they post the most mundane shit and they blow it the fuck up. It's like constant. I don't need to see 45 pictures of your new facility with all of your boats sitting in it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's Hal Chittum. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, dude, you post I think there's the a same fucking yeah. picture yeah. 
It's the same boat that's moved 45 feet, but I've got a hundred different, po- and it's not that extreme, but it, it gets to that point. And several times I'm like, fuck it. We're not going to follow these clowns anymore. And then I'm like, Carl's obviously following this guy cause he wants to. So I'll leave it alone. You know, he does. And that, every once in a while, a every once in a while, there'll be something like new, you something and I, new. Okay. So yeah. you and I, I saw the one thing that I saw recently from them was, in that, like, the C-33 canal or the C-36 canal, that fucking boat goes by, and they're like... Oh, the tournament. Yeah, the tournament, the 80 miles per hour. Okay, I'm certified by the state of Florida to operate radar to measure speed, and part of that is you have to observe vehicles traveling at speed and be able to estimate that speed within plus or minus two miles an hour of what the radar indicates to be certified. So I'm pretty good gauge of looking at something and judging speed. Maybe it lost in translation by the video, but that fucking boat wasn't doing 80 miles an hour. Sorry. Mm -hmm. The rooster tail might've been (laughs) 80 feet high, but the boat wasn't doing 80 miles an hour. Now it was a cool, like shit, what's going on here? Kind of post. But bookended on either side of it was photos of, like, a lonely car sitting in a huge empty building that they just moved into. And on the other side, like, five skiffs that they've got built that are apparently going to different people. And I'll be the first to tell you, I've heard a lot of guys down in the Keys are going to Chittam's. And Chittam's doing good things. We know that, you know, Chris Adams just got a Chittam. We know Johan just got a Chittam. I don't have a problem with Chittam per se other than woe it up a little bit, Mm -hmm. brother. Mm -hmm. You're clogging up my feed with bullshit. So... And he likes the the problem is he loves the same color. He loves loves that blue, doesn't he? Yeah, that blue. And I think there's a kind of a green variation of it. So you don't know what one's different than the last. Right, right. And it's like, damn, I just saw this one. Yeah. It's not the same one. <laughs> okay. But like you feel like it's just the same. I mean, at least at least day. Kevin at East Cape does some fucked up ugly colors yeah. on his boats. Yeah, and you know one. that yeah. you've had like you're like, Okay, I saw the orange one. Ooh, that green one. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, I've never asked Kevin to verify this personally, but I've been told by multiple people that I believe Kevin is actually colorblind. So it's kind of odd that one of the flashiest, crazy color boat companies out there is owned and run by a guy that's never seen never how seen. crazy mm-hmm. his boats look. That purple. Yeah. Like, that green. Yeah. It's like, but you know, ultimately customers pick those colors, right? Right. Yeah. Wilds, do you have limitations on what you're willing to, to do with your boats color wise? Or I'm, is the customer always right? I'm not paying one purple. I'm not gonna do it. You want a purple? Boy. I like a lot of colors. Okay, purple, not in my wheel. Okay, <laughs> and purple's good in some places, <laughs> just not on your skiff. Queen's gown, purple royalty. <laughs> <laughs> my boat, not so much. The uh, man, that's funny. But if hey, everybody's really got their He's What's not, that? He's really colorblind. You'd be like, purple? Sure, yeah, whatever, cool. Cool. I mean, to me. That's what I've been told. Right. Yeah. And right. maybe that's why he's like, yeah, probably you want. Sick. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> that's a badass shade of gray. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's... That's how he sees it. That's how he sees it. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And Kevin's a good guy in my book. It's just, I'm. You brought up the fact that Hal really, and, and it's like a Chittim. You can have this shade of blue or this shade of blue mm-hmm. with all blue, or we're gonna do the blacked out, murdered out uh, front of the cockpit and the transom. Mm-hmm. You know, in I think I've seen maybe a white one. There's a, there was a white one. Maybe, really? Maybe. See, I, I don't think I've ever potentially ever seen that. Oof. Oh yeah, yeah. It was one that he brought here, a tiller one that he brought to JB's. Really? It was, a, it was a white hull with a green top. Okay. But the rest of them, I feel like, oh, that blue <laughs> or that blue color. Yeah, I've I would Tuga. ice blue, something. It's like a Model right. T. Yeah. Whatever. Color you have you any want. color as long as it's blue. As long as it's yeah. <laughs> Henry Ford loved him a black car. So I don't know. So if, I guess it's just saturation. If you see. If you see a shit ton of the same right thing all day, you just got to decide. That it, you know what? It, it comes to an end. Me, yeah, yeah. it's bringing me joy. But people like that. I don't. Yeah, people, I get people all the time that are like, "Hey, man, you should post a lot more on your thing." Yeah, and I'm. And it's not something I'd want to see, so I don't do it. Yeah. Like a post. Or, uh, I feel more like of what though? I run out of stuff. Like I said, we only build two boats. So mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you can only mm-hmm. put so much on there. Like, you know, fishing, different situations, whatever, but it's like... Here's a boat at this angle. Here's a boat at this angle. Right. This is a water one. This is a trailer one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of run out. Low light. Right. Oh, yeah. Evening. Yep. And I like Mid-day. stuff to be relatable. Like, if it's something you're doing on the boat or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I mean, under... Not, not everybody's okay, fishing all the time. Okay, so yeah. under the relatable photos of skiffs... One of the ones that tickles me the most, and I don't think you're guilty of this, that I know of, and if you are, I'm sorry for putting you on the spot. I'll own up to it if I'm guilty. But the the boat builder's favorite shot of very obviously, hey, stunt driver, we're doing a social media sp- shot, so I need you to go out there. I, want, I need you to run it in a circle for about four <laughs> rotations to give me some really good double-up chop. And then I want you to come through and I want you to turn away from me as hard as you can. And if I don't see the fucking keel of this goddamn boat, you're doing it wrong. And there it is. There's that picture of some guy that you can tell is like permanently affixed to the skiff because his asshole's so tight because <laughs> he knows he's about to fucking roll it over upside down. But it's the underside of the skiff turning away shot, mm-hmm. launching off of a wave. And I'm like, I would never be out in those conditions, nor would I be driving like a fucking asshole if it was that Doing bad. Just right. purposely. Yeah. For <laughs> yeah. But it's like, leave. it's the, it's the textbook skiff marketing shot. And I'm like, who came up with that? Cause it's, it's, it's no different than the, the, the duck lip. Girl, <laughs> the duck lip girl, you know, the, duck lip girl like yeah. ran its course, but like crazy skiff driving has yeah. like it's here to stay, yeah. it'll be here next month and it'll be here next year. What was the one uh Ben was talking about on his YouTube? You know, the looking at the fish, yelling at the sky, oh, the tea oh, yeah. kettle. Okay, so, the, yeah, yeah. So, the there's actually somebody maybe in our group text was talking about or somebody said what that's called. It's like some weird word, Ben Pickett, who is not here tonight, mm-hmm. he he messaged me and was like, 
I am so over such and such. And I didn't even recognize, I was like, okay, what did he misspell? No. Okay. And I would just return the text with question mark. And he was like, oh, it's the, when people are like yelling at the sky, holding the fish. And I'm mm-hmm. like, ah, I've got a fish. <laughs> I've, got, I've a fish. got a fish. <laughs> and it's like, where does all this stuff come from? Well, you notice. I mean, that, I'll, I'll be honest yeah. with you. Hold on. Mea culpa. I'm guilty of. I thought it was pretty cool back in like when it first started going, and I I, I did it. The drippy, the drippy <laughs> photo was pretty cool. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like you lift up that little fucking red fish and the waters, and I'm like, that's pretty cool. Well, so the I've drippy got, thing was cool when it started because it happened. You you, 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 you go back in my happens. feed. There's definitely some yeah. drippies, yeah. but there's no Larry looking down. So that you can't really see my face, and I'm like looking like connecting. into the fish, yeah. connecting like in some kind of Zen moment. Like I try to get Larry out of the photo as much as possible. I mean, on the occasion, I'm getting you know, it's like it I'm, needs to I'm, be about me. I'm it needs still, to be about me. So I, I, there's a me photo. I'm still long arm bandit. Are you I still doing? Oh, see, I, I think hate it's, that. I think shit. it's on accident, though. I don't really do Lock it. Lock like, those elbows yeah. out. Oh, <laughs> yeah. suckers in your face. Yeah. Yeah. When I see that, I'm like, <laughs> I look like I'm a mile away. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just touching the camera. <laughs> yeah. I do that. Yeah. Guy's head is small. Yeah. Well, you know, you is that little guy. Yeah. You did a lot of bass fishing. Yeah. And, and it's the holding oh, the, the, lipper, yeah. the lip yeah. way out there. Yeah. You know, opposite tea kettle. Tail down. Yeah. Tail down. Head up. Uh-huh. Yeah, th- there are trends like that though. I oh, there's that a ton a, of yeah. them. Yeah, there's a ton of trend. Instagram gets trendy. Yeah, but some of them are cool, and then they get played out. Yeah, yeah. And just don't want to take it too far. Sometimes people just don't recognize it. Like early on, that you're like, "Oh fuck that! I'm not doing that." And <laughs> other people are like, "Wow, that's cool!" And they're out doing it, and mm-hmm. you're just yeah. like, "Oh, you're gonna look back a year from now and be like, what the what fuck was the I thinking?'" Mm-hmm. And then you delete your whole Instagram. You change the name. Everybody has to refriend you. Right. And then, like, you throw, like, you throw it on private for a little while, then you go back to public, then you change your name again. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, like, four or five times, you come out of it and you're okay. Nobody remembers your past mm-hmm. except the shit that you recorded. So, <laughs> you know, it's just weird like that. It's really weird. Rebranding, I think. Is yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It is rebranding yeah. to, a, to a certain degree. It's like, I'm not really happy with what people think about me and how I've been looking. So I'll just turn it off, kind of like leave in the bedroom. And when I turn the light back on and walk in, I'll be a new person. A new per- eh? It's kind of like new Coke. <gasps> what a failure that was. Yeah. Okay, so Coke and Pepsi. We were out west, and we actually saw, like, at a convenience store, ice, beer, and pop. Oh, yeah. Pop. Yeah. Okay. But being raised in the South, most oftentimes, if you sat down and you're going to get a soda, you ask for a Coke. Coke. And Coke has a solid brand, solid, you know, oh. but to this day, as solid as they are, they still advertise all the time, right? And Pepsi, pretty popular. I mean, it's a household name. But if you go to a restaurant and order a Coke, Nine times out of ten, they're going to be like, yeah, no problem. And they go get you Coke. How shitty does it feel to be Pepsi knowing that when somebody asks for a Coke, that there's a large number of waitresses that on a daily basis go, would Pepsi be okay? 
<laughs> we get like, it all like second best. Would but you know they okay did that, that to themselves? Pepsi did. How so? I don't remember the exact details of it, but after the whole new Coke thing, Pepsi was on top or whatever, and then they came back and Pepsi made this exclusive deal with like Burger King and Taco Bell and all these other places. Uh-huh. And Coke went in and just swiped up all the other ones. Okay. So then Coke was everywhere except for yeah, you, could, yeah, you yeah. could get Coke everywhere. Right. And Pepsi was in Burger King and Taco Bell. Uh, another one, I think. Yeah. So like you go to Burger King and Taco Bell, now you're getting Pepsi products. Yeah. Right. So right. it's it's KFC. It's that's a, the KFC, company. KFC, Burger KFC. King and Taco Bell. Yeah. yeah. You're yeah. getting Pepsi. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. They set their sights on those big places. <laughs> yeah, those all like the little the three mom and big pops. ones. Yeah. Oh, and Coke was like, Yeah, go ahead. And they, and they ran around and everybody. get everybody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's just funny to me that from a branding perspective, like our family, Wyatt, Shannon, and I always laugh because, you know, it's like Wyatt likes a Coke. So it's like, Coke, please. And you can just, the, they just go, is Pepsi okay? To the point that we're like. No, it's not. Well, no, no but like yeah. it's, it's almost, you know, have a Coke and a smile. Right. Is Pepsi okay? That's really what. You know Pepsi it's their tagline. Yeah, it's yeah. their tagline, whether they want it or not. So, I mean, I would have been like, Pepsi, never settle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Never settle. They for should that. totally rebrand. Yeah. <laughs> they should delete totally their Instagram. Re-brand, yeah. Well, we're about... Uh, Pepsi, Cola, always settling. 50 minutes <laughs> yeah. into the first little segment here. So I'm, I'm voting for uh, the small bladder break. And uh, then we'll come back and uh, see what we got for the next one. So uh, let's see what we can do here. amounts of THC and we're back back. so uh little uh smoke break Carl's smoke break Mm -hmm. we weren't smoking flies or anything cigs are outside yeah (laughs) (laughs) I knew a guy that that said that he started smoking when he was in the marine corps I was like well Jesus Christ you know why you know, all the physical activity and stuff that you had to do. He said, well, when I was in basic, they were kicking my ass. But I noticed, and this was back in like the 60s, that they'd always give guys smoke break. And those fucking smokers always got fucking go and have a cigarette. So I was like, fuck, I smoke too. Yeah, I've been smoking ever since. It was just all about the break to me. Yeah. So the uh, my next note. Uh Uh-oh. Straight to the list. Carl keeping us in line. I know. Well, 
I've got a positive one too. Okay, let's hear like that. I'm really picking on people this this time, but there's a company. Um, I don't have any of their stuff at all. It's called Mang Gear. Okay, like Mangrove. I think I, I've seen them. I don't know that I follow them, but I've seen advertisements that for every article of clothing you like they are planting a mangrove. Yeah, they plant yeah. an actual tree. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And I'm like, man. I can get behind that. Yeah, that seems like they're hands-on. And it looks like, you know, from, I don't know, but it looks like from all their photos and stuff that they actually, the people you order shirts from are actually doing Going it. Going out and doing it. Right. So I thought that was kind of cool that it was hands-on. So are you telling me that Sri Lanka has got like a mangrove forest <laughs> like that you would not believe yeah, they now? make the, the children work overtime. They go plant. <laughs> but the mangroves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, thanks for stitching up a thousand shirts today. Now get out there and plant these mangroves. Right. Here's a little trowel. Get out there. Swim. It's better than ship breaking. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I thought that was cool that it was kind of a hands-on thing that they're actually doing something personally. Because um, there's a lot of kind of Echo Warrior. Yeah, that, that's... People that are like, you know, because we're raising awareness. Right. Well, I mean, on the other hand, you could actually just go physically well, okay, do something. So, and I think it's really cool. I think it's kind of... A so our good them. friends... You know, Paul and, and Will, I believe they made an announcement recently, and it was actually rebroadcast by uh, Angling Trade Magazine, uh, which is the AFTA uh, publication. I guess Flood Tide now is only making shirts with recycled bottles. The, uh, the uh, fibers are, yeah, yeah, are, yeah. are made from recycled plastic yeah. bottles. Um, and any of their cotton because they do cotton blend is american cotton versus like i guess cotton that would have been sourced overseas Mm -hmm. and that's like a sustainability move on their part and i i saw it i thought that's cool but now i'm kind of like confused i thought i was supposed to kick plastic now i gotta drink plastic bottles to make sure that i can get my flood tide clothing (laughs) Mm -hmm. what what happens when you're done with your flood tide clothing Recycle? Recycle it. I don't know. Gonna recycle it. I don't know. Shop rag. Shop rag. <laughs> there you go. So, no, in all seriousness, I mean, anything you can do that that is sensible uh, to reduce your footprint as far as, you know, garbage and recycling where you can, that, that's, I'm all aboard on that. Um, it's just some of the crazy computer models that are ultimately going to end up becoming a way to tax people um is is something that i can't get behind Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. we won't go into that because there's a lot of people that have a lot of very spirited uh opinions about it Mm -hmm. we'll just leave it there um third third on my list full bullshit just complete (laughs) like complete lies to kind of pander for business for awareness for advertising for whatever for good services you know whatever it may be something that i'm seeing more and more okay well fishing wise fly fishing wise you know what i mean like uh something on on products or services both okay because you know over the last couple erroneous claims yeah you know so uh I think, you know, we're a fly fishing podcast, so let's keep it real and let's talk about fly fishing guides, okay? I'm not a licensed captain, but I've certainly guided a lot of people over the past few years 
not for compensation, but for the fact that best guide money can't buy. There you go. I've got a pretty good network of friends that I've made through the Drake magazine forum, which is gone now for the most part. I haven't been on there in probably a fucking year. And it's this, you know, group of guys that if they call me up and say, Hey, I'm going to be in Florida. Can, can, you know, we hook up, go fishing. I'll get on the back of the skiff and push it all day to make sure that they have a fucking fantastic experience and catch a fish and, or two or three or whatever. Um, but there's plenty of people that have hung a shingle that say that they're fly fishing guides or fishing guide, you know, just drop the word fly, you know, that are just fishing guides. And I'm really curious how many of those people actually do it for a living. Number one, number two, some of the claims that they make about how much experience they have or how often they're on the water. You know, cause like when it comes to fly fishing guides, one of the chest beating, um, things that you'll see is 280 days on the water. And you're like, mm-hmm. holy shit, that's a fishing motherfucker. Yep. But most of the claims ultimately are, are pretty bullshit. Um, oh, yeah. And, you know, it goes from not only how many days they're on the water to how much experience they have. You know, and, and you see somebody say, you know, collectively, you know, the people that are running this operation have 30 years experience. And you're like, wait a second the oldest of those are like 30, 31, 32. The others are 22, 23, 24. Like I'm doing the math and I'm like, did, did you log that Zebco 303 time? And (laughs) you fishing with crickets and red wigglers with your granddaddy Mm -hmm. is counting towards your experience? Because I mean, ultimately I guess they're marketing and they're trying to find the next uh, Rube that's willing to, spend 350 to 450 550 whatever their rate is to go out on the lagoon and honestly does it help to have somebody that puts you on the fish quote put you on the fish yeah of course if you know if you're from out of town and you don't have access to a skiff and you want to go out and fish but really what it comes down to is they're just providing a conveyance they're an uber driver mm-hmm. for the most part mm-hmm. yeah because I found my experience is the guys that really do fish a lot that are out there on the daily that do know where they saw a fish yesterday. So then they can go back there today and probably see the same fish. Those guys are so fucking busy. They're not out making those crazy claims. No. They're just out working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 300 days on the water takes it out of you. You don't want to try to look like a hero, a hero. after yeah. fishing for. Well, okay. So. I know I posted it on our Instagram as part of a story along the same lines as what you're talking about. The keys, lower keys specifically, Key West, that area, lower keys, there was a newspaper article in one of the keys uh, newspapers about the fact that some of the guides went to like a city commission or a county commission meeting and basically said, hey, we as a guide association we're actually the guys that live here that our kids go to school here we work here 
and we're sick and fucking tired of all these carpet baggers. And that's yeah. a quote from the article. These yep. carpet baggers that roll in from Montana, that they roll in from Louisiana, wherever, throughout tarpon season. And their guide model is come down, spend a few days watching where everybody else fishes, and then beat everybody to those spots the next day because that's when they have their sport show up. And I think that would piss me off if I was in that business. Oh, yeah. And the same can be said about Florida guides going up in carpet bag in Louisiana. Yeah. So, and I, mean, I know there's a pretty big stink about that. Yeah. I know the Louisiana guys. And even some of those towns are pretty darn small. I mean, we, we get a lot of comments on those stories, mm-hmm. uh, especially from like guys in Louisiana that were like, you know, in response to the Florida guides bitching about people coming down here and poaching, they're like, Jesus Christ, you can't go to the fucking boat ramp anywhere in Louisiana and not see more Florida tags mm-hmm. than Louisiana tags. I'll flip it around and say, here's the argument, though. If there's that many people wanting to fish down there. You should have accommodated. Yeah, I mean, why aren't there more guides, local guides out of Louisiana servicing mm-hmm. that need? You know, it, it, or... The argument from the Florida guys is, well, I'm not stealing your clients. I'm bringing clients from Florida up there. Right. Mm-hmm. And my argument, fuck the guides, my argument is, hey, clowns, you all did all the videos talking about how fucking cool it was. Do you think people weren't going to want to come there? Right, right. And not everybody wants to spend $550 to no. go ride on your skiff. We're going to drag our own skiff up there, mm-hmm. go drink like fucking maniacs on Bourbon Street, and go fish hungover as shit. Mm-hmm. And that's my truck that's at your boat ramp. Right. So I don't know, you know, but but there's certainly a lot of fast and loose getting played with qualifications and experience. Oh, yeah. And there's in, I want to say it was in Tampa Bay, um, there was a, a sting. Really? Just completely unlicensed. Like no captain's license guides that were advertising – I guess it would be internet stuff, whatever, um, and taking trips. I mean, inshore, you know, bait trips, whatever, right. artificial, whatever it was. But, you know, if you could kind of sucker somebody into doing it, you had your, you know, $450, $550 day. Well, you know, back a few years ago, um, before the lagoon turned into the uh, imperiled estuary that it is now and people aren't quite as enamored with the idea of coming down and fishing in chocolate milk um there were there were a lot of people that would come to fish mosquito lagoon so one of the cottage industries that sprung up was firefighters with a boat that on their days off, which they have plenty of, uh, for good reason. You know, they work a 24-hour shift. They have 48 hours off. A lot of them to have lawn services. And a lot of them decided, hey, I'd rather spend the day on the water. So you had all these guys, and a lot of them being firefighters, you know, that's probably not fair, but there was a good number of them. And in addition to those guys, there were other guys that, that saw the opportunity. And it turned into the race to the bottom and Groupon. I can remember four or five years ago, one guide in particular that would run Groupon charters 
and it was like $100 for a trip. And then you could add a second angler for like, you know, 75. So like for a buck 75 and, and the guys that had been doing it for, you know, the last 15, 20 years full time, were seeing like, you know, this is a direct threat to their livelihood. And there was a lot of pissed off attitudes. And this is back a little bit before social media really caught on. So it was more of the fishing forums where, where all this was discussed. And this, one guy in particular comes out and says, Hey, you know, suck it. I'm married to an attorney. She's the breadwinner. I got nothing else going on. Fuck you. I enjoy doing this. So I'm doing it for a buck 75. Mm-hmm. Piss up a rope. Mm-hmm. So do we dislike the guy that's just blatantly honest that says, I'll work for half price because I enjoy it and it pays for my boat? And that's what really makes, you know, me happy. Versus the guys that come in and create now in today's environment a really kick-ass Instagram feed, um, a really slick website, bunch of false claims about who they are, how much experience they have. At least the one guy's being honest and saying, hey, I'm the cheapest motherfucker out there. Versus somebody that's trying to charge full price that says, I'm the most experienced motherfucker out there. One guy's just blatantly honest to everybody else's detriment, and the other guy is just a big fucking liar to everybody's detriment. Mm-hmm. So the 175 thing brings up another kind of question. I've heard pricing for inshore, not bait trips, because that's a little bit more work. Inshore, light tackle, plug, or fly fishing. Um Anywhere from, I don't know, somewhere like three fifty. Uh huh. And there's a couple guys in Titusville that are six twenty five for the. There's bag. people down in the Keys that are thousand wow. dollars a day. Like if they're bad to the bone, they're like a thousand bucks a day. Right. If every guide was two hundred bucks, two hundred twenty five. You know, like whatever, somewhere in there, where that's really, it's not that ex- well. <laughs> I think it's more accessible. Right. I think there'd be a lot more working guides. Okay. And they'd sell a lot more days. Right. Where, you know, if you're fishing for 650 bucks, are you fishing three trips a month? If they were half as much money, would you... Would it be six or would it be every day of the week? Right. And and if it were every day of the week, you're actually making more, but you're working more. You're out on the water more. Um, You know, I'll be the first to tell you, I feel like I can go out any given day and provide a quality day for an angler mm-hmm. on the lagoon. But to be honest with you, there's not enough money on a daily basis that I feel like I would want to do that mm. on a daily basis. So if I were to go do sea school and get my captain's license, be lucky enough to apply for and get picked in the lottery for the merit island refuge permit Mm -hmm. so that now the entire lagoon is available to me i would be asking so much fucking money for my trips Mm -hmm. that i'm not going to work that much Mm -hmm. so i mean it makes sense you know as from a business standpoint right work less get more right but would you need to make those kind of claims if you were 
250 300 bucks like you know like everybody else everybody in town would. no you know what i, I mean think, you wouldn't have to say oh 30 years of experience I'm, well i think personally um if i decided to go get my captain's license i could get it be legal and get the the permit whether that happens in a year two years whatever i have to wait to like get lucky enough to get drawn for that i believe i could operate a charter business and have a pretty good supply of anglers without a website without changing my own personal instagram without creating a new instagram that says captain larry mm-hmm. because i know enough people that i've fished with that are successful guides in other places that while they're on their skiff fishing those other places if somebody says yeah man i was thinking about going up and trying mosquito lagoon they'd say i got the guy that you need to call Mm -hmm. okay and and where i get that from is i've got a friend that is a guide in key west you look at his instagram it doesn't say anything about U.S. Coast Guard licensed captain. Like, none of his shit is, like, pimping the fact that he's a captain. It's a fishy feed, but it's not like, hey, look at me. You know, th- I- he has no website, but he also is busy as shit. He's booked the entire tarpon season. He's booked outside of tarpon season doing permit. So, last year when I went to his wedding i wanted to go fishing well he's getting married that weekend so i'm not going fishing with him i'm not an asshole i'm not going to ask him hey let you know let's go fishing as you're getting ready for your wedding so i knew other people that had already fished down there so i called them and said hey i remember you fishing with so-and-so can you get me their number so i get a hold of the number i haven't searched shit on the web i just ask for a solid recommendation from somebody I trust, get that dude's number, call it, leave a message. Haven't heard anything back. I'm literally going across seven mile bridge and I'm starting to like go on. Fuck. I need to fish. I got one day ring ring. It's that dude. He's like, Hey man, I'm so sorry. I'm actually out West with the family, blah, blah, blah. Let me give you another guy's phone number. He doesn't have a website. You, you know, just give him a call. Tell him that I, I called him. He's like, fuck yeah, let's go fishing. He's like, totally, you know, out of the blue, I'm calling him. He's like, so, uh, you know, what kind of fishing do you want? I was like, 100% nothing other than fly. If you're not ready for a fly angler, I need to call somebody else. He's like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'm so fucking happy you called. And we went out and I fished with the dude and I would fish with him again tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. And none of it was based on social media. None of it was based on website. It was asking around. Mm-hmm. Well, so you, you asked the question mouth. on the Instagram, what do you, how do you find a good guy? Me mm-hmm. personally, I'm going to just call. Right. I don't want to see, I don't care about the Instagram. Mm-hmm. I don't care about their website. The best thing I can do is call and be like, hey, do you know someone here? And they'll be right. like, yeah, I don't know. And you'll finally get down the pipeline and you find somebody like that. Right. That doesn't have the Instagram, doesn't toot their own horn. I don't just, think I'd do well in maybe Louisiana. I, I really wouldn't know who to call and who to bounce that off of. 
but well, you probably know a few people around here that, that have gone somebody. out there yeah, and right. fished yeah. out there. Yeah. Say like you just start talking, and they would say, yeah. "Oh, so and so's out there," and yeah. you might go, "Well, you know, I was really looking for somebody that's from there," and yeah. they go, "Oh, yeah, well, call this guy or this guy." Right. You know, I think the keys would be pretty easy. Charleston, I know a couple in Georgia. You know, different fisheries just kind of around Florida. I think it would be easy enough to pull into town and ask. Right. I think that's probably going to be. And and if you just pull into town and ask, you're actually going to get honest answers mm-hmm. from people mm-hmm. versus looking at websites and trying to weed through the bullshit of, what does 30 years of experience really mean? Right. And you're looking at the picture of the dude and you're like, 30 years of experience how the fuck he's 25 years old yeah how's that possible well you can back up 10 15 years ago before social media was a thing let's think about you come to charleston okay i want to go fishing Mm -hmm. and you've never been there right you're gonna stay at where a hotel who are you gonna ask the people at the hotel right hey i want to go fishing and they're gonna go oh we got this guy he's a good guy Mm-hmm. They're not going to put you with someone bad because that reflects badly on them. For sure. And the same thing, if you're going to stay in a house or something, yeah. you say, hey, do you know any fishing guy? And they're going to know somebody yeah. eventually. Yep. And if they don't look let me Let me uh, talk to somebody. You know I'll what? Bob fishes a lot. I know this guy, Bob. Right. Let me call Bob. And Bob's going to be like, oh, yeah, you need to go out with Skip. And you're like, okay. You get a number and you call him. And he's like, hey, so-and-so gave me your number. And the cool thing about that situation is when you when the guy answers and you go, Hey man, so and so gave me your number. I'm gonna be in town. It's like it almost you got one o- step ahead. Yeah, it mm-hmm. opens the door and he's like, "Okay, this guy's kind of legit. He's mm-hmm. not. It's not. Hey man, I found you on the internet because I've ta- I've got friends that guide out here in the lagoon, and literally, a lot of times it's who answers the phone first when it comes to somebody that's coming from Disney." They don't give two shits. Right. They're calling. They they do the Google search. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And whoever, whoever yeah, whoever pop no, they don't leave a message. They go to the next one, and then somebody eventually. And guess who answers? The fucking asshole that doesn't, doesn't really fish trip. that much. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't have the trip. Mm-hmm. And then they go out, and they may have a good experience. Maybe they don't. I don't know. But th- they're getting the guy that was available, and typically the guy that's available isn't out fishing Mm -hmm. and if you have like a say you're from out of town and you got a granny that lives in sarasota and you're you always go to sarasota the first time you use somebody you find fish whatever right sarasota's taken care of you've got a number to call now yes right you know even if you know nobody else but uh well say you want to go somewhere else besides sarasota you just call the guy you were with in sarasota yeah yeah, you know you know somewhere in louisiana yeah yeah yeah, and and Probably he does, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, that, and that's kind of the, you go back to what I was talking about with, you know, best guide money can't buy. Mm-hmm. Um, I take, I've taken guys from all over the country out here into our backyard on the lagoon and whether I'm doing it myself and doing a DIY trip, all I have to do is pick up the phone and call somebody and go, Hey, I'm going to be in town at the end of May really want to try to go and fish for xyz what do i need to do and they're like boom they lay it right out and they're like these are the flies you're going to need hey look on the map this is the trailhead head up that creek or head up that river or if it's somewhere where you need a guy they're gonna be like yeah i got a couple of guys you can call 
you know or, i mean it's like it's it's the network or another option call the fly shop that's see right. the out west that's a thing right oh, i mean they right. work for the they fly work, shop. Like an outlet. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. an outfit yeah. For the fly yeah. Shop. yeah so so you have that's something i don't think i've heard black fly does it in jacksonville right i think they have on staff to a to a degree, to a degree, or like you know, preferred um, guides, and, or whatever. and like you go to Orlando Outfitters, um, they may have one or two stacks of business cards, mm-hmm. and it's it's the guys that the owner of the shop trusts when he wants to go out and fish and not right. worry about taking his own skiff, yeah, and he's confident in their ability and they've got a good reputation, because yeah. wild you spot on, man, a fly shop's not gonna yeah. not gonna refer some jackhole, right. right. They're just not. Because it looks bad on them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. And they're supposed, you know, and, and I love fly shops. I, I love hanging out at fly shops. I, I love the service that they give. And they value customers because without people trusting them, everybody can go order it online. Online. You know? Mm-hmm. So well, I mean, it's like if someone calls me and says, hey, I, I want to go for a ride on the boat and I want to go fishing. Do you have anyone? I'm going to send them to somebody good. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm yeah. not going to send them to somebody that just has a boat. Yeah, yeah. It's had their captain license for a week. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I've taken a lot of people fishing too, and I just I have a hard time understanding how – I mean, it, it, guiding is hard. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's hard. Yeah. I mean, it's mm-hmm. an experience. You have to create an experience for the person. You have to deal with all the different variables, the weather, the fishing, everything, and you have – to handle it gracefully it's a and high I, pressure it is proposition and because you don't think it is because it's just fishing but you try and take someone fishing for money and and you think uh, for me i'm like god if i'm gonna this is six hundred dollars or someone's hard-earned money yeah, and they, yeah. they they flew here to go fishing yeah i mean i think you have to be confident in their and, your ability yeah. to show them a good time and i just don't i don't know how you do that without having real experience right like go out there bullshit in your first day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, give me the six hundred bucks. Well, I'll be on, you know, and and beyond beyond just the opportunities to cast at a particular fish, the experience. It's an experience. It's an experience, and I want somebody that's been around it, been doing it long enough, that they're probably pretty closely like minded as me, and when I step off that boat. Six hours later, I feel like I just fished with my friend. Right. And I've had a lot, way more great experiences with guided fishing where I've felt like that when I've stepped off versus a couple of bad experiences where I was like, God damn, that was awful. And if I go back and figure out which ones were fucking awful, it was because it was the tension it was the crapshoot that got me there uh-huh. it wasn't because i got a solid recommendation so i've never i don't think i've really been out with a horrendous guide ever i don't it's just luck maybe yeah there were uh, my, i think all of them in tampa bay so it was all people we knew right you know knew of been around forever and ever one of the guys wrote the fishing column for like the newspaper for the last, you know, 25, 30 years. Or right. Whatever. So, I mean, they were pretty safe bets in the first place, but they they had some hours on their boats. Uh-huh. I think a good guide has to be really adaptable to who's on the boat. Yeah. Uh, totally. I have a good friend in Charleston. Mm-hmm. He's an amazing guide, and he's 
an excellent fisherman, but I think his his biggest thing is that he understands the people on the boat, and he anybody like that gets personable, on, yeah, yeah, anybody that gets on his boat, they get off and they're like, man, that's I'm not that's now. the guy, we're friends yeah, now. yeah, yeah, and they want to go back because he creates that experience. They might catch one fish, yeah, yep. but he's created that awesome fun experience for them. Um, let's talk boats. All right. You know anybody that builds boats around here? Uh, it's South Carolina. Yeah, there's one guy. Heard I don't him. know anybody around here. Heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's got at least, what, 30, 40 years experience? Well, I'm 28, so 28 <laughs> would yeah. be the number. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 30 or 40 years. Notice the semantics of that. I've just had right. 28 <laughs> yeah, years yeah, of yeah. experience right. in something. Right. Right. Yeah. Just leave it open at the end. Right. You just... Yeah. You don't have to explain what the experience is. Say it under your breath once you turn around. Yeah. The experience. I have 28 years of experience. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Building boats? Building boats. So you guys have been after building boats. You're in your, what, third year as a company? Yeah, it's about three and a half years we've been building boats for customers. We started building boats. For ourselves, really, I guess you'd call it and six years ago, seven years ago, probably seven years That's ago. That's when that first, the one, oh, sorry, the one uh, Larry and I went on, the the white and blue. Yeah, so we spent maybe three years tinkering with it before we did that, well, you know, before we built one that and boat. showed it to anybody. It's yeah. kind of funny. It's kind of funny that, you, that you're framing it that way because we're friends with Paul Puckett and, and those guys, and when they were still doing barely live, um, there was the talk of Drake boat works and there was a Drake skiff coming out. And it was like, it became like, and this is back when Doug was still footloose and fancy free and could go do podcasts. (laughs) And, uh, they'd be like, so Doug, what's going on with the, I don't know, man, you know, like, and, and there was quite a few years that you guys were just, really working on what you were going to do, figuring out how you were going to design it and how it was going together. So and there was a, there was a build up to it. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, this is shooting you straight. There was a lot of people like this mother, this shit ain't happening. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, and then bam. Well, I understand how people would think it wouldn't happen. Right. Looking back on it, it was a feat for me and a a feat for Jordan and I. So I understand where that came from. Right. I would just get caught up in it because I had the vision. Uh Uh-huh. And and nobody else saw (laughs) the vision. Right. They didn't see the vision. Sure. Does that mean he's a luminary? (laughs) Visionary? Visionary. (laughs) Right. But I'm the kind of person, I'm like a one step at a time person. I'm really pragmatic. So I have to build my way up to it and right. kind of not not make it 100 percent perfect the first time but i like i wanted it to be nice so kind of really didn't show anybody and kept it under wraps yeah. and just kind of tinkered with it until it was felt like it was okay to what was the the first so the the demo one that larry and i went on that one time yeah two two years ago uh no not two years ago year, yeah year over two year. years ago probably three years ago two three years ago yeah um what was that like how many boats in was that that was the first one like out of your mold that was the first one first 
whole boat out of the molds that one did you have like other hulls and stuff that you had just temporary decks on and yeah we had a few stuff. that we tinkered with. we actually yeah. built one almost we mocked the whole thing up and I, I looked at it we spent maybe six months designing it mocked the whole thing up and i threw it away you were just like yeah, uh, that didn't come together like, really yeah through the whole thing didn't come together like you thought it i was. just saw it like i guess i'm a really visual person yeah. so when it came together and i was looking at it in front of me i was like oh this isn't Oh, I've seen line drawings of some boats where I'm like, I can't wait till that comes out. That's right. beautiful. And then you see it in real life and you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Damn. Yeah. That's not very graceful. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a lot of change from the computer to the actual, yeah, yeah. actual seeing it. And then I saw it and I was like, oh, this is not, there's so much it's off with it. Yeah. It sucks. So, was it your original, it was your original kind of train of thought. It was, yeah. It kind of had all the same ideas, design. overall dimensions, yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, like yeah. dimensions, yeah. kind of design, and it just wasn't dimensionally right. It was like some form, some form there that you had to work on, as far as yeah, like, yeah. You know, a number of enough where it wasn't possible to. I needed to start over. So, yeah, yeah. so we trashed it. When you when you're coming up with you know the hull shape and the transition from you know the bow to the stern and how you know how it's all coming together, is this all done on the computer? Are you like a computer guy, or did you like draft it out by hand? So I drew it out loosely by hand, kind of drafted it. Okay. I can't, I can't draft like you see. Like technically yeah, draft. I can't, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, no. And I don't yeah, mean like sitting naval, at a like, drafting table yeah, I can't, or whatever. Like, naval, I'm not capable of naval engineering drafting. If right. I can draw it dimensionally and make stations well enough to okay. understand dimensions on a boat. And I have a good friend who's a computer wizard. Okay. So we kind of, he's not a naval architect. He doesn't really, he's got limited experience as far as designing boats from the ground up. So I sat down with him and we spent a lot of hours on the computer playing with stuff and mm -hmm. pulling lines and moving stuff around and fixing stuff, which was nice for us because from a naval architect standpoint, you know, they get trained. It's like getting trained in anything. Mm -hmm. Right. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do this. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of rules, man. Right. You can't do this. You yeah. can't do that. And, and, the guy that I know doesn't know any of that, so we can pull on, play with stuff, right? The way I wanted to play with stuff. Well, you know, it's like I'm listening to you, and I juxtapose it with having read a lot of more John's writings on his blog, which sometimes get pretty hazy and foggy through the the rum that was being, you know. <laughs> If the hogfish was rocking back and right, forth but, a little bit, but too at the hard. same time, it's interest. It's always been interesting to me, and I don't follow it for sure because I'm not trained. in, you know, hell, I was raised in East Tennessee, so I got that fucking handicap. The idea that you can draw it out, you know what materials you're going to build it with, so you kind of have an idea of what the total weight should be, and then you're like this is going to be my water line because this is going to be the draft. And like that really fascinates like me ab like about him. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, he, he'll draw it up and he'll be like, this skiff should draft this much and it should be yeah. able to go this That's fast. Impressive. Mm -hmm. And I'm I like, I think he's kind of a dinosaur. You think? That, so? Yeah. Cause there's a lot of like, 
you can look well, on I the did. side of that paper, yeah. right? And he's doing the math by hand, right. yeah. down the side in pencil. See, yeah, I just I'm did like, it on the computer. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You just hit a function, and <laughs> yeah. it says waterline, and you you put your weight in and everything, yeah. and it just shows you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So there's be. like a, a program yeah. you're kind of right. using or whatever. All right. Because you can actually, they have programs that can actually show water flowing over surfaces uh-huh. at speeds. Right. So you can see where. Was it Rhino? Yeah. It's called Rhino. Yeah. Rhino. A lot of those, the big companies that have big cnc Rhino you know and yeah and they they'll run the boat with this much weight mm-hmm. of fuel of fresh water of how much the motors are going to weigh yeah they'll run the boat in rhino and then sometimes in real life it's completely different it is it wow. is you okay can, yeah. rhino when you run stuff on the computer you get a i would say a general 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 yeah, idea yeah. of what it's going to happen so so modeling future results doesn't always turn out to be actual results Mm-mm. so i've built both of our boat models we've designed. it's almost like climate change we've designed mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of models a lot of models we've designed on the computer and then and then stick built them basically uh-huh cold molded them like you'd see an offshore boat we cold molded the hold so you would i would i would estimate their 15 to 20 percent different than what they were on the computer mm-hmm. you start changing stuff when okay. you when you get yeah when, when, when you, you get there it, and you actually put it put, put it, it together, together you're like yeah when you jig it up you can yeah. see and you start putting battens on it and looking at the lines of it and you're like oh you know this is not going to work or this is not going to be functional so when you you scrap the first rendition you you went back to the drawing board similar or like okay so similar so did you build a plug and we tested the plug okay you tested the plug oh you did that with the outlaw too yeah yeah we always test just wood frames and all kind of crap and and Uh they were sitting on top all right around the outboard i like i like to change them when they're i like to build them like that because i can change them Okay. As we're building it, because you do really, I think, I think you really do see a lot of stuff in the boat when you're looking at the hull when you put it together like that, and you can change it then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas, if, if you have a big CNC, because they can CNC molds yeah. as well, not just plugs. Right. right. So if you have that done, and that boat comes out and it's not what you wanted, you're stuck with yeah, it. Yeah. It's a lot of money. Right. You got to sell a lot right. of boats to recover from. Right. Uh oh. So if you can see that, you know, 3D full size in front of you first, and be like, hmm, this. And hey, there might be people out there that can do it on the computer and take it right to it, and it's great. But I, I personally can't do that. No, yeah. I've got to play with it and tinker with it. And even when we ran it, we we changed stuff and Mm -hmm. little knickknack type stuff. So once once you're you know past the draw it, you you've got you know your mock-up you're you're actually testing it did you really were you still like shit this is gonna actually start this is working like when did it become real that you're like holy shit we're actually like because i guess it's got to become real when you find somebody that says wilds i like your dream buddy here's some cash yeah i'd say when you build the first one for a customer right it's real a little bit because people have a little faith in you and you're like all right this is cool right i built something somebody wants it cool and my i jordan and i both really like making stuff better okay and that that's with anything boats cars anything we can make better or find something to fix on Mm -hmm. it we like doing that 
and it just so happens we both really like boats and we really like fishing so that was kind of a good outlet for that to make stuff better so whether it be anything we just like making the boat better so we're always tinkering with it even now we're tinkering with it so that's a problem you made the you made one better yeah but now you've got to make it better that's because you like doing that's better. That's my fun. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, my yeah. fun. Now you got to figure out the yeah. next better. Yeah. Well, I I knew I knew when we built the first mold. I guess I was only going to pull X amount of parts out of it roundabouts before I was going to want to change stuff. Yeah. Okay. Because I I knew I'd get down the road. We talked a little bit about knowing that, myself like, enough. So, so yeah. what are I want to change? What stuff. are some of what are some of the tweaks that you ultimately? figure out or, or you look at are, are they finished things or is it like you're looking at it and because you've driven and been out on your boats and fished your boats you're like if i did this change to the shape right i mean is it draft like where you're changing or is it more aesthetic that you're talking about changing to make better both of it all both of it. all yeah. of it finishing aesthetics function i mean we at the end we always try and make everything aesthetically pleasing and really functional too it's it's got to be functional first right. and then aesthetically pleasing. But so most of it's function driven, driven cool. but a lot of finished stuff is kind of the same way. Like obviously we want to make it look nicer and mm-hmm. nicer and cleaner yeah. and cleaner. So. And I've, you've seen there's kind of regular models that everybody would know the Mavericks, the whatever some years hatches open different ways. So some years they'll open back, you know, towards the back of the boat uh-huh. and sometimes they'll open out Okay. Towards the sides of the boat uh-huh. because they thought that would be easier when you're in the boat. But when you go to clean it, you have to reach around right. to try to get stuff out. So they decided to go backwards. There's a lot of changes even within a part that comes out of the same mold right. that people just figure out once once the boat's done. Once, it's and a better, they've sold a bunch of them too. I mean like well, two it's years a use, in. It's a use yeah. thing too. Like, yeah. Now I've got, I've got guys that have had one or two boats – themselves and they put over a thousand hours on it and you're yeah. like okay this and they is, come back to you, you and they think? say yeah. could you have done this different right. and you're like well, t- tell me about it yeah and that's people always sometimes people criticize but the criticism is good mm-hmm. even if it comes even if it's mean-spirited or whatever because it helps us make it better mm-hmm. right so i like i always ask especially people that spend a lot of time on the boat mm-hmm. hey you know what like man i've kicked the edge of this thing so many times <laughs> yeah. trying to run around this when i'm doing this or doing that then you know hey this could be smaller right. or this edge could be softer or whatever right. it is little but stuff there's a, you've got to be on it and moving on i know that continually amazed on the internet how many experts there are in the skiff world very well informed and client oh, yeah. base. you know i i get out pretty often pretty often i've run my skiff a whole lot i've owned that same skiff for a long time and i love it but i don't know like some of the comments and the discussions that i see or or get drug into Mm -hmm. um i'm like do any of these guys really know what the fuck they're talking about because i i really am not at the level Mm -hmm. of under like for example my opinion was asked why the fuck my opinion matters what power would i recommend for whipray 38 carl that you're working on and it was funny because i was tagged in the in the post and i'd liked it you know that he was you know trying to come up and then somebody i said you know to me my skiff 
is the perfect setup of that hall. Period. The end. Sorry. Drop the mic. Walk mm. away. So, of course, I said, 25 horse, Mercury 2 smoke. Done. But I also read other people's comments. And, like, people were like, four stroke this, 50 horse that. I get this much speed. And I'm like, that skiff was not designed to be a speedboat. For speed. Mm-hmm. And you hang a 50 on it, is it going faster than with a 25? For fucking sure it is. But what are you giving up? And then somebody was like, well, if you do this motor, you're only getting this much weight, and the draft should only be affected this much. I'm like, where in the (laughs) fuck did that math come from? Mm -hmm. Like, at the end of the day, just cut the bullshit. Simple, clean, minimalist is what that skiff is supposed to be. Right. You're not supposed to be the first guy there. You're supposed to be the guy that can get the skinniest. So there's obviously trade-offs in everything. But like just even in that little microcosm, that one Instagram mm-hmm. post, there were so many quasi-experts that stepped up to explain why all these different engines were a better option. And I was like, it's never been broke, so don't fix it. Just hang a fucking 25 back mm-hmm. on the back of it. Be happy that you're out on the water. Be happy that everybody you're looking at is a hundred yards away from you because they don't float skinny enough to make it to where you fucking are, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. But, and and it gets back to different customers want different things. Some customers want to get there faster. Mm -hmm. I'm not one of those guys. So thanks for asking me, but I'm not the right guy to ask. (laughs) (laughs) So the, we, and we were talking, uh, wild a little bit ago about the, well, either model, but the Nomad in particular being having evolutions like, uh, I don't know, Chevy trucks is a pretty good one. Okay. They kind of looked fairly similar for really like Porsches, same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you can Minor changes. Tell, yeah. You can look at it really and know that's time. what it is. Yeah. But yeah, it's always a Porsche, whether it's a 60s car, 70s car, 80s right. car, up to now even, the overall kind of form, shape, mm-hmm. functions all the same, but improved. Small, you know, slowly, slowly, slowly right. evolving. You know, that's that. a good way to look at it because the fact that, you know, you were telling us earlier that, you know, you've got some stuff going on where you guys are going to be making some changes and you've got some thoughts of doing a few things different. I was thinking to myself, well, is it really going to still be the Nomad or is it still going to be the Outlaw? But like mm. you just said, it's been a Camaro since yeah, yeah. how long? You can always tell you can always, Camaro. Yeah. yeah. And you know where it came from and it's evolved i'm not gonna go and make another model right Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna go and make the boat better yeah so it'll be i mean even uh it's like you were saying it's like a chevrolet yeah yeah the the pickups um just a just a kind of a slow evolution and like even so maverick the their skiff i guess you'd call it right flats boat yeah, kind of flats big, boat. Kind of big these Kind days. of big to be a skiff. Um, the, I've got two at the shop. One's a Mirage One, uh-huh. 1993. 1996 Mirage Two. Uh-huh. Overall, if you backed up far enough, you can't tell much of a difference. Little tiny body line that kind of goes down the hole. But when you get up close, hatches are different sizes. Sure. There's little grab handles on one and not on the other. They're like integrated. The fuel tank's hidden. 
in one of them. One of them's like a your boat, like where you can actually see it in the hatch. Okay. Um, uh-huh. But it's just an evolution. I mean, it's still a Mirage, which turned into an HPX later. Right. HPX, and there's been versions of that. But. Well, you know, it's funny because like, for sure there's certain models of cars, Camaros, Mustangs, that people will look and be like, oh, that's a 67 versus a 66 because it has the rings around the headlights. And, like, that's the yeah, only yeah. – you know, and it's yeah. just – so I'd never really thought of it through that perspective of, you know, the boats change. But I mean, like, okay, so I've got the Hell's Bay. Mine's a Whip Ray. That's all you could get in 98. Mm-hmm. And then, what, by 2000, the Whip Ray became actually the higher-end, more finished-out model, and the Waterman became closer to what my original Whip Ray was. And then you got the... Whip Ray Professional. Whip Ray Professional. Yeah. And then you got, and that just turned into the professional, right? right? And then, you know, along the way, they created some new models, but even the old models became, like, you know, they changed how the chine uh, and the spray yeah, yeah. rail come down, and there's nothing in the back, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, so there's all, always changes. There was one before yours, too. There was that low chine one they tried for like a few. Really? And then okay. That, it's really, really low. Like the spray rail's way down by well, the water. Yeah, well, the spray rail's yeah. really tall. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then they brought it up to where yours yeah. is now. So I think they could have done the same thing. I think at some point, and it would have been probably like change of ownership. Right. Um, from the original gang to the second gang and now the third gang, where it is new to them. Okay. They don't know that they want to change it they don't they haven't been with the same whip ray or mirage or nomad or whatever for its whole life so you think there could be i think it stagnates something so so potentially with the the pending change of ownership at hell's bay there could be a new hell's bay coming out yeah i mean i think or or a tweak of the existing hell's bays i would just hope that they would grow at some point at that they would evolve change right i mean even some of your i don't know your oldest fly reels um able yeah okay so we're not doing we're not doing fiberglass fly rods anymore right you know what i mean like everything evolves changes yeah refreshes and when you don't you don't so wilds how how many options let's let's talk about like nomad so you have a center console version Right, that's like pretty much how you build it. Yep, we've got the center console with the jump seat. All right, so you've got the jump seat model, you know, which is basically the front of the console. You've done at least one side console. We've done one side console, and then we've done another. We just did another one that's the same center console, but we cut the jump seat out of it so you can put a cooler in front of it. Okay. Same, same backrest, mm-hmm. same console. It's just got a flat front for okay. a cooler instead of the jump seat. So. With regards to that, that's because somebody came to you and said, this is what they want. Right. So I would refer to Drake Boat Works as being a custom skiff builder. It's not, in other words, if I came in and said, I want a Nomad, then you say, well, here's the way the Nomad comes. You're going to actually talk about 
Well, the the one we just did, for example, with that console, the guy was the guy said, "Oh, I want to be able to put my cooler in it." So he shot the front of the console. He also is a tournament fishing guy, so he said, "I need X amount of space in a live well." Okay. So we built a forty gallon live well on that one too, and it's all custom as far. Oh, as, that's cool. Yeah, it goes all the 40 way. Forty gallons. It's huge. <laughs> it's massive. So picture a fifty-five gallon drum. Yeah. Right. Almost that. It's yeah. Huge. Dude, that's nuts. So we we actually ended up going into the other hatches to fit it, but we finished off the whole top edge of it and made it look clean. So when you open up the hatches, okay. you know, it looks like a bigger. It's like a release well in that case. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Really, yeah pretty yeah, much. It's yeah. a release well. Yeah. So uh, you know when I the, the point I'm driving at is, you know, you guys have the company at a at a size and you plan on keeping it manageable where you can give that attention to detail on a boat by boat basis where when hell's bay originally started back when my boat was built back in 98 in the early days that was their claim to fame was hey we're a custom boat builder and literally people would come in and you saw a lot like a lot of the old hell's bays it's like a lot of weird options, a lot of different layouts, because literally you came in and they said, tell us what you want. Where now it's, I want a side console. Oh, you want this model? No, I want this skiff, but I want it with a side. Well, we don't do that. That's our center console model. And is it that it becomes harder when you're doing volume of boats if that's the case that it's harder to because i'm not i'm not a fiberglass or or composite guy like you know how hard is it to change from one to another to another because i don't even think it's composites i think it's it's a production it's a production thing where i take the order it goes to a production manager then it goes to a you know, foreman, then it goes to whoever, then it goes to the actual guy doing it. Right. That would be really, really hard to get right if you're playing telephone with okay. five people. And the original salesman who took the took the order has never so, even walked out there. So it's is that just a, a well, scalability kind of thing? Because, like, like, you're still – like, you guys touch every someone, boat. When someone you know? asks me – I mean, I, it's just Jordan and I right now. Right. So I'm yeah. selling it and building it. And right. Dealing so with you it. can, you know, so when the guy says, I need this, and I I can say, okay, well, this is how we can do that. Right. This is how we can make that happen. And I, I draw a lot of parallels with it as far as the surf industry goes. Surf, okay. Surfboards mainly, because I grew up surfing. The way I look at it is I can go in a surf shop and buy a surfboard off the rack. Right. And I do that a lot. Uh-huh. There's a lot of good surfboards on the rack, but sometimes you want a custom surfboard, right? And you want it exactly how you want it, yeah. and so you get you place an order, and the guy makes it for you, and it's custom exactly mm-hmm. how you want. It's got your name on it, right? And it's custom, so we can build boats that are just like the other one. That's fine, but if someone comes in and they're like, "I need this thing," that's this, this, and mm-hmm. this, then you cool can do that too. as well. Yeah. yeah, because a lot of times, I don't know, like a, I would say old car guy or or you know a old motorcycle guy or whatever i would think man you know what's cool that that old style of that particular motorcycle but man i wish it had upgraded brakes right like the new ones right do. you know right. just in case you know whatever or a little bit more power you know so you could actually go highway speeds that's the 
I like the Nomad. However, I need a release well. Right. So you're not getting the Nomad off the Well, table. I'll tell you. You can have the boat he wants and Well, that the, guy actually yeah. had a lot of people tell him they, they couldn't do it. Oh, yeah. I'd so imagine. He ended sure. up at me. I mean, I wasn't yeah, the yeah. first person he called, but yeah. he means he's been looking for a boat for two years. Right. Holy wow. moly. So. Well, you know, I've just, as the casual observer, have seen some people kind of withdraw and get further away from the quote-unquote custom um, skiff building versus you and I have had extensive conversations. I think what you guys are doing is really, like you're saying, it's, it's like small shop, very responsive to exactly what the customer wants. You have your model of skiff that you would otherwise build, but right. if somebody comes in and says – this is how I want it different. You'll go, okay, we can figure that out, but it's going to change cost, how long it's going to build right. by this much, this much, this much. If you can live with that, we can certainly do it. That was my next point. And that's yeah. just Versus, like I was saying the surfboard. I can buy one off the rack and, you know. You right, walk out today. You yeah. can buy a Nomad and it'll take me X amount of time to build it or the custom one's going to take a little longer and yeah. it'll yeah. cost you more. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, you know, and – I just keep comparing it against, you know, I've I've known people that have gone in and said, I want this hull, but I want this helm location. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, 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 no. You want this. And they're like, no, I don't. I want this one with this kind. And they're like, well, that we don't do that. We do. And I just think that, you know, from a customer standpoint, you got to go, whoa, somebody lost their way. Mm-hmm. And it could just be because the company is old, it's big to a certain degree or whatever. I just didn't understand as a consumer how hard is it to be able to do that? Is yeah. it a matter of, well, we only have these deck molds or we only have these, Yeah, there's going to be some things that are There's like, got to be right. some limitations. Yeah, yeah. No, I get people that ask for crazy stuff. Yeah. Like, okay. You know what? We cannot. Like, can we make this? Right. Do okay. Yeah. Two feet long. This, is why, yeah. this yeah. is why I can't do it. and. You know, I understand why you might want it, but right. number one, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I'd have to build you a whole new deck. Right. I mean, I can do it. It's just going to cost you way too much. Right. <laughs> right. For how long it's going to take to do it. Yeah. And number two, do you really, at the end of the day, do you really want it like that? Right. It sounds like a good idea until it like turns into some insane. <laughs> yeah. Custom, right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars over a regular price boat. Right. Because you wanted the hatch somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm still perplexed. You know, we could sit here and talk skiffs for hours. But I don't think the same can be said about the poor bastards that have been in the the vortex. You know, oh. the, the, uh, trout drift boats are just, you know, like the most boring topic. Like, you don't hear, like, there's some spirited conversations around skips. <laughs> oh, yeah. Spirited. Really yeah. spirited mm-hmm. in all means of the word. And, and you know, you just don't hear the same kind of drama around drift boats. And I really no. wish that there were, you know. Um, I would think they, the more I think about it, I'm like, man, that's got to be, technically, they've got to be pretty good. They've got to be really strong. Okay, so I talked to somebody last uh-huh. week um, about the whole drift boat thing or my, my take on the drift boat thing. And I'm like, you know, so really I consider you've got Clacka, you've got hide, hide row, adipose. 
And let's go ahead and throw Stealthcraft Stealth. in there. Okay, okay. so that, those are like the five major players in the drift boat game. Um, not talking about rafts, just talking about, you know. Hard, hard side of And fire. then there's like Boulder Boat Works. I don't know if they're still around. They are. And, yeah, and they're like roto molded. They're like the Yeti cooler of drift boats. Right. Um, but so just go back to that core five. I said to who I was talking to, why the fuck are the colors so goddamn boring? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you, you don't ever see a guide green or Gray. a fighting lady yellow or, a, you know. Black. And they're like, well, you know, trout are a lot more picky and you don't want to. I was like, wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. I'm calling bullshit. Because um, they were the ones that brought it to me. They're like, well, don't forget Stealthcraft. And I was like, oh, Stealthcraft. Yeah, those are the ones that I see with like wraps on them a lot. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, they're not all boring. I said, so your argument just two seconds ago was, you know, they're they're really a lot more you know, subtle colors because, you know, I was like, so that giant fucking 12 foot long brown trout (laughs) wrap coming down the river doesn't scare the shit out of the fish, (laughs) but maybe my guide green drift boat would. Cause I mean, I'm like seriously thinking about trying to find like a good project drift boat and getting Carl to spray it down with some uh, guide green, bring it out to splash it with some color. Yeah. Yeah, Give a little, give a little character, man. Because nothing gives me more joy. Nothing gives me more joy than being able to be identified Mm -hmm. on the water Mm -hmm. so that when I make that transgression that Mm -hmm. somebody wants to be, you know, Mr. Whiny Pants on the internet about so-and-so did something wrong to me, I want to, yeah, I don't want him to be like, that gray hide, mm-hmm. that could be 10,000 different people. Right, which one? Mm-hmm. I want you to know that it was me. So, yeah, I'm, I'm getting a guide green fucking. The guy in the cherry red drift boat. That's right. right. Yeah. yeah. Fire engine red. Yeah. Man. yeah. The big, with the big. Uh, big glitter. Oh, um, glitter drift mm, boat. The octopus down the side. <laughs> In a wrap. Everybody be like, "Did you see the fucking octopus row skiff that was on the river today?" That would be like, epic. Yeah. I feel like getting a printer to make that would be the equivalent of getting the person at the DMV to make you one of those ridiculous license plates. True. <laughs> True. You'd have to trick yeah. them into it. Yeah. They'd be like, "What's this for again?" Don't worry yeah. about it. Just take the Just, fucking credit card. Yep. It's an octopus. Yeah, it's an octopus. Yeah. It doesn't look like an octopus. Look, it's got eight legs. <laughs> yeah. And a head. <laughs> well, it's West Indian. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a, a remote uh, cousin of a manatee. See how it's like kind of phallic? It's a manatee <laughs> yeah, it's squid thing. Yeah. You ever so. heard of a squid billy? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that show. So, uh, what? Uh, anything else on your show notes, Carl? I Not think really. we've, uh, you know, covered a little bit of what our n- intent was. Yeah. Wilds, thanks for joining us and uh, getting a little skiffy yeah, talk. I've enjoyed it. It is late. It is late, it and is that's kind of why I'm looking and saying we probably ought to wrap it up because we got people that are sleeping, sleeping on the couch, on the yeah. couch and <laughs> you know. People got to get home. We we're all planning on fishing tomorrow, so we kind of need to get in bed for all that. But uh, what did we say? It was episode eighteen. 
18. 18. Taylor Trash Fly Fishing. Uh, appreciate everybody listening. Make sure that you're uh, giving us as many one-star reviews as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, ratings and plenty of reviews and to justify them. Yeah, I was about to say. If you give a one-star, yeah, you've you, got to write something. you got to write something. you got to write something. You have the reason why. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, hey, uh, we're thinking about putting together a poker run uh, on Mosquito Lagoon. So, uh, look for a little detail on that. We're still trying to work those out. Um, one of the most exciting things that we've got lined up once we get the date is, um, there's going to be a $1 raffle. Uh, as long as we sell a minimum of a hundred tickets, there's going to be an outlaw available in the raffle. <laughs> is that what right? Did we decide the ticket price was. Yeah. What, what was it? Twenty four thousand yeah. a ticket. Okay, twenty four thousand <laughs> yeah. a ticket. Yeah. Okay, so reeling me back in. Yeah, but no, seriously, we're gonna try to put together a fun event. Um, we're thinking um, based on some pretty good uh, recommendations. We may have to do it themed. Oh yeah, you know, a little mm-hmm. theme a little to theme. it. Mm-hmm. So uh, go ahead and start doing your costume shopping, and we'll let you know if you're on the right track here shortly. <laughs> Get the costume together, and then we'll tell you. Then we'll tell you what it's going to be. So, all right, well, boys, uh, very nice evening. Some cold beer, some good Traeger smoked meats, Mm -hmm. and uh, enjoyed it down here in the warm, half half sunny, (laughs) bug ridden Taylor Park. And uh, see you tomorrow, JBs. We'll be out there. All right, bring the Maverick.